This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have you folks here. So this service, you know, I see we have a lot of first-time people here today. Welcome to New Church Live. And, and, and this service, I think, will really speak to a lot of you here today because I think it will speak both to why a lot of people are here as to well as why, why a lot of people are finding churches, synagogues, temples, similar to New Church Live, with, with the same kind of approach of trying to find a new direction in faith, a new direction in, in how they hold religion and spirituality. And we, we see lots of that all over the place. It's, it's interesting. It's at a time where formal religions, a lot of formal religion is, is collapsing. You look at, you, you look at the uh, church attendance numbers, you know, uh, going way, way, way down. But at the same time as that's happening, this other thing is happening, this growth. And, and, and it's kind of like watching the lid on a pot start to boil. You know, and you can just feel the pot starting to shake just a little bit. So it is an interesting time to to be part of this religious landscape. The series we're looking at starts with this basic assumption that many of us deal with in our lives. For many, our faith framework did not make it through the challenges of adult life. We are searching for a new starting point of adult faith. That idea, folks, that that we were raised maybe a certain way and and, and somehow that stopped working. And and that could have been raised very religiously or it could have been raised very unreligiously. But that that somehow those those frameworks that got us through life to a certain point eventually start to give way and collapse. And then we start to look for something new. We start to figure out, yeah, I kind of need a a do-over, a starting point again. We've been looking at that concept through this series. We started out with overview. Last week, we, or two weeks ago, we looked at the A student. And the big part of the A student, which all of you will get here in a moment, was we need to have a, you need to have the courage to get out of the boat, to get out of the boat, to actually take a little risk. Today, we're looking at what happens after we take that risk and we walk. Eventually, we fall. That's perplexity. Next week, CPR. And then the last week, paying attention to different things. I want to tell you the story here that we've been looking at. It's a story of of Christ walking on the water and and one of his 12 disciples, one of the 12 people who followed him, getting out of that boat to walk out and meet him. So you have to see the, the, you know, you have to understand the context here. The context is most of the disciples were actually fishermen. And a group of them were out on a boat. A big storm comes up. They're scared. They can't get back in. At that time, you would have had a sailboat uh, or oars in an emergency. But the wind was coming into their faces so strong, they couldn't get back into shore. So this is kind of a story where there's a lot of fear at the beginning. So I want to read that part for you and then talk about the part we're going to look at today. And this is from Matthew 14. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And that's what we talked about last week, like that A student, that part of us that just can can simply listen to 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 a command, quote unquote, and can actually do it. Even though part of us doesn't want to get out of the boat, part of us is really nervous, we just learn simply to listen. Just a simple listening, a simple obedience. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out and said, Lord, and please say those last two words, Lord, Lord, save me. Those last two pieces there of, 
of, of Lord, save me, and the, and, the, and the fear that's around that. You know, and, and you think about finally stepping out of that boat, and, and there'd be all that trepidation. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, I, I would have one leg in, uh, two, two hands on the side of the boat, and I'd gently, like, start to feel it, just like I would thin ice. And then I'd start to let go, and then there'd be this miracle as it actually started to hold my weight. As it actually started to hold my weight, and I started to walk. Right? And just imagine that. Imagine you have a, a boat full of, of your buddies. You know, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, whoever, you know, of your, of your crowd. And here's this guy way over here saying, oh, you got to try this. And so you step out on it and it starts to work. It'd be like the first person doing a bungee jump. You know, like, oh, he'll go, he'll do it. And so he steps out and he starts doing that. And you can imagine what that feeling must have been like. I want to ask you a question here. Um, one of the old religious traditions called Lectio Divina, where we try to actually put ourselves in the story. And we're going to do that in a very contemporary way here today. I'd ask you to put yourself in the role of Peter. This disciple that we're talking about who steps out of the boat, has the courage to actually step out of the boat. And he starts walking. And this is the question here. As he starts to walk, as Peter took those first steps and found he could walk on water too, just like Christ was, what do you think was going through his head? What do you think he was thinking at that moment? Now, for those of you who are first-time attendees, we do a lot of texting here in New Church Live. So feel free to grab a phone, text it into me, or if you'd like to just share that with a neighbor, go ahead and just share that with someone who's sitting around you. So what do you think was going through his head? And think, what would be going through your head if all of a sudden you found yourself, crazy as it may seem, walking on water? Please share. <laughs> it is beautiful. We are all so human in here. It's great. Wow, I can't believe I'm really doing it. I need to hang out with the Lord all the time. Uh, he was probably saying Jesus Christ and actually meant it. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Uh, first, oh, bleep, deleted, then trust. Peter's fear turned into faith. Uh, let me see, boys are coming in fast. This is weird. I thought, I thought only the Lord had, had power like this to walk on water. Someone has my back, the impossible is happening. This is, this is a key part here that we're going to hold on to. I am invincible. Thank you, Jesus. Gratitude. I can do this on my own. Oh my goodness, I'm walking on water. I'm wondering if I'm walking on top of something. I think he was thinking that with God, anything is possible. Therefore, I'm able. Thank God this worked. God is saving me. Not thinking. He got in trouble when he started thinking. Oh, that's a really good one. I know who did that. That was good. Is this a dream? This is a good one. I'm the man. I get that. I'd be like, I'm the man too. Look at me, boys. Uh, uncertainty. There'd definitely be some uncertainty there. I already can. This is so cool. And it won't last. Isn't that interesting, right? Like, is this really going to last? Is this kind of like a, a, a party trick or something? Everything I ever knew was a lie. He would probably be scared. I think these are all so true, right? Now, you guys are so good at this stuff. Like, I mean, and that's, and that's why, you know, for those people who really struggle with the Bible, I, I get why there's struggles, but, but read the humanity in it. Sure, there's parts that I don't get, that you don't get. That's fine. There's lots of parts where I see the humanity in there. 
And especially when you look at the disciples, they're every bit as messed up as you and me. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. These are not the frozen chosen. These are, these are actually real people with real doubts and real concerns and real worries. As, as somebody said in the audience, maybe only to sort of blurt out and, and just sort of blurt out their faith like, Lord, save me, but not actually able to reach up and ask for help. I imagine, too, that maybe the part was like this. Maybe there was that part of letting go of my hands, letting go, and, and this like, yeah, I'm the man. And then looking back at the 12, 11, you guys should try this. You know, like just, yeah, this is so cool. And, you know, you started doing the walk. And, and, and you'd be like it. You would be it, right? And then somebody said, I love that you had this. I don't know who you were. You get five extra heaven points for saying it. You would start to think, I am invincible. Ooh, danger Will Robinson. I am invincible. That is known as this, triumphalism. I got it. And you know that if, 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 you, if you go back to the boat and you go like, don't worry, boys, I got this. Who else are you going to start saying that to? The God. I got this, don't worry, God, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. See, that triumphalism, folks, can actually be a little bit danger. Triumphalism is, is a beautiful thing, you know, in terms of when, when we really get that we're number one and that we're chosen, but the trick is when we feel that way, that we're chosen and we're somehow number one, it actually, think of how it plays with those guys over there. Think of how it plays with your ability to interact with other people. It constricts it. Because the more and more I believe and I get puffery like triumphalism, I am invincible, look at me, I start to raise myself way up. I start to have very little space for other people. And the less space I have for other people, the less space I have for God. Listen to this, see if this fits. The more right and the more number one we believe we are, the less and less room we have for God and other people. How many of us love hanging around somebody who has to be right and number one all the time? Does anybody? No. I, I, I mean, I love when people think I'm that. But, uh, but you know, that's just my ego. And, and I certainly know that I don't, my better self certainly doesn't want to be that way. And my, 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 my true self certainly doesn't want to search that out. So we go from this feeling of triumphalism. And then we sink beneath the waves. And imagine Peter here. You know, I was a swim team coach for a lot of years. And, and one of the things when we would try to work, work with, with swimmers to get better and better, and I was really privileged to, to coach some really good swimmers, we would actually tell them to swim slower and slower. Have you ever watched somebody really panicked in water? What do they do with their hands and their feet? They're just flailing all over the place. Is that, does, does Michael Phelps do that? No, they, they flail more strokes per second than Michael Phelps does in a 100-yard freestyle. That makes the water frothy and it actually creates air bubbles. actually means you're more likely to sink, believe it or not, as you do that. And that's the way I see Peter. Peter in the new church represents our faith. That's how I see our faith. As, as we get nervous and we start to panic and, and it's like, well, it, it, it was working. And, and, and see, I, I told you this was just a trick. And so we start to fall. 
So let's go a little contemporary Lectio Divina now. Let's look at a second question. As Peter slipped below the waves, what do you think was going through his head now? 60 seconds, share that with a friend or text me in an answer. Go. I give it a minute. There's some really good ones coming in here. It is kind of interesting too, folks, but when you look at this story, it just, boy, didn't that just strike you as so human? You know, we, we have that initial experience. We feel like the water's holding us and and then all of a sudden, this kind of stuff happens. It just pulls the rug right out from under us. Uh, you know, it's, it's not uncommon that somebody will start to find faith and then a cancer diagnosis happens. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's just, it's interesting because instead of seeing that as God getting you ready so you might be able to handle it, they, seeing it, they see that as proof that, well, it was never real. You know, interesting. All right. Let's take a look at some of the great answers that this congregation has here. Uh, help me, save me, followed by humility. I'm not invincible. Who's going to save me now? Fear of dying and a sudden letdown. Yeah, that basic just fear that we're going to die and, and feeling totally let down. I knew it was too good to be true. Couldn't last. The ego's voice of needing to justify. I knew this wouldn't work. How many of us have done that? Probably some of you are experts at it. I know I certainly am. I knew this wouldn't work. Embarrassment. His friends are with... We're going to get to this one next week. Imagine his friends, you know? Yeah, now you look like you're all that, buddy. Uh, would, not, would not go over big at all. Uh, why did I trust him? I knew... I love this one. I knew it wouldn't last. What did I do wrong? You see, that goes back to that original view of God, that God actually is really interested in punishing you. He's actually really interesting in you losing faith and collapsing into the water. Now, if God's really judgmental and he watches you collapse into the water, he would let you there. You know, that's why that view always needs so much work, so much attention. Um, his ego would be shot. Again, your ego shot. There's the gift we're going to talk about. Oh, expletive. I'm going to die. Uh, what's good? Am I going to die? What's happening? He thought he... he should have trusted and not looked away. And even that part where you're like, did I do something wrong again? Did I look away? This one's good. I knew it. I knew it. I told you as soon as you started going to church, bad stuff was going to happen. Uh, please. I knew it. What a fool. Oh, this is a good one. I am not Bruce Almighty. Wow, this is amazing. Oh, no. Sorry. I thought I knew how to swim. Oh, and where are we going with this? Peter's fear turning into faith. There's a bunch more in there, and I'm going to try to put them up on Facebook for you folks. Those are all really good. So as the band comes out, folks, as the band comes out, let's think about how this story, let's put ourselves in this story, let's put ourselves in this place of that we've, we've tried something of faith, and it has carried us so far. And as it's carried us so far, we've reached a point where that faith just can't carry, carry us anymore. Now, as the band comes out, <laughs> thank you. As the band comes out, <laughs> you guys don't want me singing. 
as the band comes out, you know, just, just thinking about like, yeah, you know what, when it reaches that point, that crisis point, and it's so easy when we reach that point to really feel like there's something wrong with the story. This wasn't supposed to happen. But maybe this, maybe it's all part of the story. And we can talk actually when we come back about the beauty of the perplexity in that moment. That experience, folks, of, of like when we sink, and it's, it's in big ways and small. It's where a song doesn't quite start right or, or I miss something. I need to tell you, folks, by the way, when I was down in the audience coming up here, I thought, so there's three steps, three opportunities to fall, three opportunities to fall. If you're neurotic, you know exactly what that's like. You know, and in and, and dealing with that, yeah, this, this is, there is an inevitable fall in life. There just is. And I, and I think a part of it, folks, is this. And I want to share with you three thoughts. This is from, uh, from Pastor Rob Bell. He said, there's three phases of wisdom. Phase one, the river is the river, the mountain is the mountain. Phase two, the river is no longer the river. The mountain, no longer the mountain. And then phase three, the river is the river again. The mountain is a mountain again. I think what we're talking about here are those first two phases. The phase where we, where we step out of the boat, and, and I don't know what age that was for you. I, I, I guess for me, it was probably like around 16, 17, 18 years old, and then college was just a big tailspin. You may be different than me. But there was this time where I felt like, man, I got it all. I know it. The river was a river. The mountain was a mountain. And then there were times in my life, times I've revisited many times, where I just sunk. Where all that triumphalism went. And I was asking all the same questions that you were asking. All those same questions of faith, like, where is God in this? How does this work? This isn't fair. What did I do wrong? How can God do all these pieces? And what we need to do is we need to honor the whole journey. I want to keep on saying that. Don't hold this part of your life as bad and wrong. It's not. It was part of your story. Maybe it was a deeply religious thing. Maybe it was a, a deeply atheist thing, a, a household who didn't want anything to do with God, and that was kind of your religion. But get that somehow that's part of your journey. And our job is not to sort of get out a big eraser and erase it or get out a word processor and edit it. It's just to go, that was. That was. That was part of my journey. That took me on my journey of faith so far. And then inevitably for something else to grow, this needed to collapse in a way and die. And what happens, folks, with that is we end up in a time of perplexity. Now, I'm going to show you this, and I would imagine this is one I would take a picture of with your phone, by the way. A lot of you will find yourselves in here, or you will find your, your, your very recent past in these. Perplexity. What happens here is our faith and our knowing fails. Old answers, all the old answers we used to have, which, which for me always started with the church said, the Bible said, the word said, all those old answers neither suffice nor satisfy. It doesn't, it, it, it's all of a sudden it stops working just to say that the word said it. You know, I, I, that, that stopped working for me. This one is often very tragic, but part of the journey. 
often a time when people can't stay in church anymore. They just can't do it. They can't sit around. They can't be part of it. And the reason why is that churches, please read the V word there, churches are very uncomfortable with this stage. They're very uncomfortable with it. It's, it's a very difficult time because everything kind of is up for question. And, and if you come from a family system that has long years of loyalty to a church or a synagogue or a temple or a particular world paradigm, and you move out of that, this world becomes sort of like a foreign language in a foreign world. And we have a really hard time even going through the motions of it anymore. Does that ring true for anybody out there? It, it, it just, it's, it's really hard. And it's not about saying that was bad and wrong. It's about honoring it and getting that that, it's not my job to even say that's wrong because that may work for a lifetime for a lot of people. It just didn't happen to be my path. I imagine for a lot of you, it didn't happen to be your path either. This, this time of perplexity, folks, I mean, maybe think of it this way. You know, some of us have kids in here. Imagine, imagine your, 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 your 22-year-old coming back. They got their dream job. They're working hard at their dream job. You're sitting down with them at, at the table with, with your spouse. You're talking about their dream job and everything. And, and, then, and then like about five minutes into the conversation, they burst into tears because they realize they can't stand that job. They can't stand where they live. They can't believe they got a degree in that. Is that uncomfortable to sit around, right? And too often in that moment, the discomfort in us means what do we want to do? We want to instantly give them the answer. Like we want to jump in. It'll all be okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. You're really not drowning. <laughs> there is no water. But the reality is there is water, folks, and there is a struggle, Listen to this. This came from the sermon writing team. I love this quote that somebody had. They said, you know, in their crisis time, they were, they were constantly trying to like, like just parse it. If I could just understand why I'm going through this crisis, if I could just understand it all, the whole picture, to know it all, I'd be good. That was sort of what needed to die in them. That belief that if they just understood the whole thing, they'd be fine. And this is what this person said. A beautiful line, a beautiful testimony to how vulnerable faith can really be. My need to understand things almost led me to atheism. My need to understand things almost led me to atheism. You can see where that can just totally get us off track. It can totally get us away from what this is really all about. And, 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 and what God is trying to do, he's actually trying to implant a different kind of faith, a more mature faith, an adult faith in our life. And inevitably, that first part of faith will fail. This is the faith that he's desiring to give us. Faith does, please say the N-word really loud for California. Faith does not become faith until it becomes spiritual. And it does not become spiritual until it becomes, and I want the L-word really loud, it does not become spiritual until it becomes a matter of Until it becomes a matter of love. Like it becomes a matter of love. Not a matter of triumphalism. Not a matter of triumphalism. No more number one. No more I got the answer. No more invincible. Gone, done, that's drowning. It's drowning because that part can't swim. 
That part can't walk on water. That part can only get us so far. We were talking about this in sermon writing team. We were blessed to have a college student join us. And this, this college student said, yeah, usually I get about four feet out of the boat before I sink. And I like that idea that, that it really does. It, it, it takes us so far. For some of us, it doesn't take us all that far. And then we find ourselves sinking over and over and over again. And so the trick is, folks, to understand that, that this part, this triumphalism is going so that God can actually breathe faith, faith in the form of love into our lives. And, and wow, is that incredible to witness. You know, I just, just big mad props to all of you folks who did, who did Martin Luther King Day service opportunities. That just made my week. Can we give them all a round of applause, folks? You know, it was interesting. Deke had texted me a picture from this group they went to the, with the Chosen 300, Serve the Homeless. And, and then I was part of sort of the banter conversation back and forth with this group. And, and somebody emailed me about how much they loved this stuff. And they, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was interesting. They said they, every time they do this stuff, they feel the oneness of humanity. So here's two words there I want you to pay attention to. The oneness of humanity versus the I'm number one of invincibility. Do you see the diff? It's a pretty significant difference. So as we go through life, we have to understand that life is a roller coaster ride. Like, like we inevitably will have this. Even when you have faith, you're gonna have this stuff. It's not, it's not that it ends. It's just we learn to walk on the water, not by ourselves, but with Christ. Because I think for so many of us, we go through the roller coaster ride like this. All guilty, say I. You know, I go, well, that's, that's how we do it. That's how it feels for us. But we have to get that there actually are choices here. I'm going to show you another picture from a roller coaster. And I want you to take 60 seconds, share with me or share with a neighbor. Which one of these people would you be? You got six options. Which one would you be? Take 60 seconds and answer that. Let's see. A bunch of people had different ones. Uh, none, I wouldn't be on the ride. Two people said that. None, I wouldn't be on the ride. A couple of people over here were arguing whether they would actually go up front or not. It, isn't it interesting? And, and, and maybe that's a part where, where we get, okay, so the, so the journey's coming. And, and which, one, which one would we like to be or like to think we would be? Which one do you think? Yeah, the, the bottom right or the upper left are the two I think. Those are the ones I'd like to be that I never am. You know, but those two seem to actually, what's the word you would put to it, folks? They're actually loving it. They're, they're enjoying this ride. Wow. Is that possible? Yeah, it's actually possible. It's actually, as, as, as a, a friend texted me, as a friend sent a, sent a quote to me, it's actually able to move your brain around from fear of drowning, listen to this, from fear of drowning into the joy of swimming. Right? Thank you, Allie. You know, that's, it's a beautiful piece. And, and the crazy part is, folks, what I wanna, want you to think about is maybe we're all of those. Isn't that a much more compassionate way to view life? The people who are going through these experiences, they may be all over the place. And yes, there is part of me that wants to, as best I can, put myself in the position of, 
of being an unanxious, smiling presence to it. And to know there are still days where I'm going to be that kid in the middle car on the right. That's the one I picked, by the way. That's your pastor. Follow me. (laughs) You're in such deep trouble. You got you to gotta love that, that these, it, this, is, this is life, right? This is life. This is life. This is life. And we can look at the perplexity of it and simply go, yes. That's it. Just yes. It's, it's like when, when people come to me and they're just, they're just in that midst of struggling with faith. And Chuck, I don't know whether there's a God. I don't know. I got it. I got it. Come and talk to me. I won't give you answers. I'll just be. I'll just be with you. Because I know that you're in there somewhere. I know that I'm in there somewhere and it depends on the day. But maybe together we can find these different ways of viewing things. Understanding that there is gift here. There's gift in the drowning. I want to show you now a video clip that, that shows that very starkly. And this is a video clip. You're going to see the, the, the two characters here. One is a man who almost lost his son to sickness. And the other is a woman who, all, who did lose her son in the war. And, and they're talking about God and how God works. And the man who you're going to see sitting there at the flower, he's actually a preacher. And I love the answers he has. I think they're beautiful answers for this time of perplexity. Take a look at this video clip. figured it was Jay leaving flags and flowers here on my son's grave. I failed you, Nancy. The worst moment of your life. Loss beyond comprehension and I had I had nothing for you. No comfort. No hope. I should have. You didn't let me down. You couldn't take my pain away, and I didn't want it gone. For a while, pain was all I had of him. You don't have to save the world, Todd. I believe that's already been done. Since that meeting at the church, where I was the bitter woman I swore I'd never be, I've been thinking. It's not the people of the church I'm mad at. And it's not you, not your son. It's God. 
why God would give you your son back and take mine away. When Colton was in that hospital, I saw he was dying. And some part of me broke. Some part that still hasn't mended. Nancy, you don't ever have to apologize to me for any broken part you carry. Do you think... I have to ask. Do you think my son went to heaven? Do you love your son? Still? Of course. Do you think I love mine? I know you do. Do you think I love my son more than you love yours? No. Do you think God loves my son more than he loves yours? That is an extremely moving clip. It's a beautiful answer that he gives there. And, and I just, I, I love it. And he talks about his son. He said, when my son almost died, a part of me broke. And listen carefully. And is still broken. What a beautiful view of faith that is. And what he goes on to tell her, and I wrote the line down that it, because I love it, you never have to apologize to me for the brokenness you carry. You know how beautiful that is? You never have to apologize for it. You know, we, we all will go through those times. It's, it's part of the, the human experience. It's, it's part of, of this journey of faith. It's, and it's not God sort of shoving us down in the waves to teach us a lesson. It's God rescuing us, freeing us, reaching down to us just waiting for that simple invitation to help, to help. What happens, folks, the miracle, the transition, the flip, is we come to this, where I know, and I want you to say the last two words really loud, I know becomes help me. Let's live that, your takeaway for the week. Let's live that individually. Let's live that as a church, as a community. Let's make sure we're not asking people to apologize for the brokenness that we all carry. Let's move, let's find ways to move from like, I got it and the invincibility of all that stuff into this simple, 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 simple prayer of help me. Because when we can do that, and I sure hope you're all back next week, when we can do that, there's a new walk. We do it sopping wet, <laughs> but there's a new walk 
and it's beautiful. And you don't want to miss it. To close the service, I'd ask you now to please join me in prayer. I'm going to say a prayer, and then you'll have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, or your own quiet prayer. And then we're going to have the last song. The band is really going to rock it out in the last song. So if if the Spirit moves you to stand up and sing with the band, please do that. If you just want to listen, please do that as well. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, allow us to be aware of where triumphalism is rearing its ugly head in in our lives. Those places where we really feel in this invincible, ego-centered way that we got it. Because Lord, at least for me, I know I don't. And Lord, for those of us in here or at that point of drowning, Lord, be with them. For those of us, Lord, who are with that point of reaching for you, be with them. For those of us, Lord, who are unsure about this whole journey, be with them too, Lord. Make sure you stir in our hearts the deep knowledge that none of us ever has to apologize for the brokenness we are in. Because in the miracle of miracles, Lord, That's where you find us. That's where you touch us. That's where we are saved. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. See you next week.